You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. One of the greatest questions that faces us as a society is, why does God allow suffering? Why would God allow something bad to happen to good people? Now, those of you that know this movie, uh, this was actually a book before it was a movie. And I'm going to be that guy and say the book was better than the movie. Uh, but guys, in this story, you see the main character. He, his daughter was abducted when they were camping. And she was molested and killed by someone else. And he was asking God, who was played by a fictitious character, obviously, How is it possible that you could let this happen to my daughter who is innocent and has done nothing wrong? And I love that line at the end. Did you catch it? When all you see is your pain, you lose sight of me. And that's the problem, guys. Sometimes when we face the most difficult things in our lives, we lose sight of what's important. And so my encouragement today is as we walk through this is that we, we have to understand, we have to have a good theology of suffering unless we get off the track a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, grab them. You can go to Romans chapter 5. That's where I'm going to be today for a little bit. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Go to your app, uh, App Store or Google Play. You can download the Hope Church Cleveland app and follow along. And of course, my trusty sidekicks there in the sound booth will keep you informed right behind me on the screen as well. Uh, so today is week one of questions. Today is the day that I answer one prepared question. Now, I'm a great pastor, so I'm actually answering two questions today. You're welcome. You know, I know you think to yourself, how are we just so blessed? Um, I know you think that to yourself often. Um, but next week, next week is going to be the, one of the, the start of the fun weeks. Next week, I will answer questions live with you guys. I have not been looking at your questions. The questions box is still out there. What they will do next week is I will get up here and just start talking. They will put a question up on my teleprompter up there. And I will answer it for you live and in person. So I'm not scared at all. It's going to be fun. But the cool part is uh, both services will be different so that we can be true to the concept. I will be answering questions in both services and they will be different. So if you, if you want, if you're a normal person that stays for both, uh, it's, it'll be fun. So it, it'll be a whole lot of fun. I'm excited. Then the next week, the staff will sit up here on stools and we will, we will answer questions live. Uh, and, you know, if, you're anything, if it's anything like last year, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, and we will also allow you to text in. We will give you a number to text in live questions as well. So I know spring break is happening. I know sometimes we, we leave town. Uh, but we're trying to entice you with good things to come to church. Okay? So trust me, you're not going to miss it. This is one of my favorite uh, weeks of the year to get to do this with you guys uh, so, 
Here we go, suffering. So let me read the two questions that I'm answering today. Uh, if these were your questions, hey, I just want to say good questions. Uh, this, is, this is one of the tougher ones. Uh, and if this isn't your question, don't worry. Maybe we'll get to it. And just so you know, if we don't get to it, it's the staff's fault, not my fault, because I've not seen any of these. Um, right, guys? Right? You're good with taking the blame? Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so be mad at them. It's all their fault for once. Okay. Here we go. So the question is, the gospel says, believe and accept Jesus and you will be saved from sin and delivered. Being saved from sin doesn't mean the same as not enduring hardship. So those facing rape, torture, all the worst in life that do believe, when they are delivered to their saved, when are they delivered to their saved place? How do we as disciples encourage those who feel abandoned by God to come back to his love? That's the first question. The second question Right along the same lines, it's why would God waste his time on prayer for money and other small things, but women and children are kidnapped and hurt all the time. They pray for peace and being saved, but continue to suffer. Some, or some people believe God never shows up for them. Please explain. So it goes to the age-old topic that we talked about earlier. Why does God allow us to suffer? And I, I gave you the, the quote from the movie The Shack Now. I'm reading a book right now that I really like, and so if you're looking for a good book, it's actually all about anxiety and depression. Uh, so if you, if you struggle with that, this is probably your book. It's, it's by Brian Johnson. It's called When God Becomes Real. When God Becomes Real. It, it actually came out a couple weeks ago, and I've been working my way through it. But it says, often in the midst of great loss, people will reduce their theology to match their experience. It's often in our greatest suffering in life that we reduce our theology to make God something that we can just simply understand. And guys, I'm here to tell you, there's never a time in our relationship with Christ that we should reduce who he is. Because who he is is far greater than our understanding. But guys, I'm going to say to you today that suffering is a little bit easier of a theology to understand if we really just go back to what the Bible says. So today I'm going to talk about three different things that the Bible says about suffering, give you kind of a short biblical theology on it, and just try to shape your thinking on it. So my first point for you today is we suffer because we live in a fallen world. We suffer because we live in a fallen world. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Now, guys, God planted, he created a perfect world with perfect people. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve sinned. Now, you know, many people would argue, well, you know, it was Eve's fault. Well, Eve didn't make Adam take a bite. Now, guys, we have to be mad at Adam. Adam sinned. Adam brought sin into this world. Ladies, you can be mad at Eve for all types of things, pain during childbirth, all that kind of stuff. That's Eve's fault, okay? So when you look at your husband and say, this is your fault, really, it's Eve's fault. Your husband had nothing to do with it, okay? It's not his fault at all. I'm just trying to help you out, guys, okay? Because I've been there, all right? So what we're saying to you is the world is sinful, now, you're like, well, pastor, how can you prove that to me? Very easy, okay? I have four kids, 
right? Some of you know this. Some of you need to pray. Yeah, I've got one right here. Noah, did daddy have to teach you how to lie? No, he didn't have to teach me how to lie, okay? It's good. Good job, okay? I didn't know what he was going to say. <laughs> Either way, it would have worked, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. The kids come out. They kind of look a little bit like an alien. Then they start getting a little bit cuter once they get cleaned up. And then they're cute and cuddly. One, they start to walk. One and a half, they start to say, dad, dad. Of course, they say dad, dad first. My, my theory is they say dad, dad first just to keep us interested because uh, it's been a long 18 months. And then they say mama. And then as they get older, they start to not just talk. They start to talk back. And you're like, where'd this come from? And then when they have siblings, they'll walk up to the sibling who has something in their hand and grab it and go, that's mine. And you're like, where did this come from? Just to kind of let you guys behind the veil. At my house, Crystal is not sitting there with the television remote and I just walk up and grab it out of her hand and go, that's mine. I only do that when the kids aren't around. And so, <laughs> true. Patty's like, I've seen it. <laughs> But guys, what I'm saying to you is we didn't have to teach our kids to be bad. You didn't have to teach your kids when you walk up and ask them if they had a cookie when they have chocolate all over their face and they say, I don't know. I don't know where this cookie came from. It just magically appeared in my hand, Father. You're supposed to believe me. Now, kids, let me set you free here for just a second. When your parents ask you a question, they usually know the answer to said question before they asked it. They're just giving you a chance not to die. Okay? And so if you will answer said question correctly, you will live prosperous on this earth. If you don't believe me, look in the Bible. It says, honor your father and mother, and the days will be long for you on this earth. The Bible says it, okay? So your pastor's not preaching to you anything wrong. So what we have to understand is we have suffering because we live in an imperfect world. The world around us is evil. And so the evil world we live in has nothing to do. The evil world that we live in has nothing to do with the perfect God we serve. Guys, if we, we sing about God being good, we sing today about God being a good, good father. If God is good, that means there is no sin in him. So nothing bad can come from a good father. So what we have to understand, every evil thing, every bad thing that we experience in this world is not from God. God this, guys, this world needs revival now more than it ever has in our history sometimes. You know, I just keep praying that God would awaken people and just, just kind of shake them loose because the evil in this world is just getting worse. People are hurting each other. People are doing things. And now we think that it's funny that people are hurting each other. If you're like, well, how is that? Y'all ever see tabloid magazines? Guys, I mean, I live a fairly public life. You know, if you see me at Walmart, I can't just go to Walmart and just be alone. You know, I could just, I, you know, you go to Walmart and you shop and you don't have to talk to anybody. I go to Walmart and I have to talk to five people. And sometimes these five people go around me. Okay, so I live a fairly public life. Now, here's the thing. The world we live in loves to cut down people in the public eye. And we buy that. 
It, it is a money-making industry. It is a million-dollar industry to cut people down. So if you don't believe that our world is evil, just see what we spend money on. We spend money on destroying people's lives. So the world we live in is fallen and we suffer. Number two, we must understand where suffering comes from. We must understand. You have to understand where suffering comes from. John 10.10 says it. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it abundantly. We must understand that all bad things come from Satan. In fact, the more of a target, the more you put yourself out there for Jesus, the more of a target you become. Guys, as a pastor, this has never become more apparent to me. You know, you think, I know you guys think that, you know, being a pastor, this must be a charmed life. Like I walk into the room and, and it just goes, ah. Or I walk into the office and Teresa goes, ah. ah. It's not happened yet. There's still tomorrow. But here's the thing. Guys, because I'm a pastor, I become even a greater target of Satan. You know why? Because if Satan can take me and my family down, he can take the church down. So he goes after me. And so, guys, but I have to understand that that comes from Satan. It doesn't come from God. The week that Crystal and I accepted the position to be your pastor, her parents got a divorce. We've had a cancer scare. We've had a baby in the NICU. We've had one thing after another. Crystal's mom had leukemia. You've heard some of these stories the last few weeks. But we have the choice. We can either go, why is God, we're, we're serving God, why is he doing this? But the correct response is, Satan, I rebuke you. You're not going to have a foothold in this. And so Crystal and I have decided that we're going to do whatever we can to protect us. In fact, often we, we go see a, a counselor. Now this world tells us, that your, your marriage is in trouble if you go see a counselor. But guys, I'm here to tell you, if you were sick, you'd go to a doctor. Or do you go to a doctor before you get sick? Yeah, to make sure that you stay healthy. The same is true with your relationship. You know, Crystal and I can't talk about the things that we need to talk about with anyone. So we have to pay someone to talk to them. <laughs> but we do it. Why? Because we're not going to let our marriage be taken down because if our marriage taken down then he can take down the church and we're not willing for for satan to do that so what we have to understand is a perfect god is not responsible for imperfect things in our life a perfect god is not responsible for imperfect things in your life only good comes from the father and guys we have to understand satan is the great deceiver he likes to deceive us and tell us things about our world that are bad for us. You know, one of the greatest lies of Satan, and I know I'm preaching to the choir today, one of the greatest lies of Satan is that you don't need church. He tells you, well, you don't need to get up and come to church. You are the church. You can sit at your house and have church. But here's the thing. If you don't come to church, you miss out on the opportunity to be a part of God's body. His body of Christ here that can love and help you. What is the greatest place to be when you're suffering? Right here. Because your family can come around you and love you. If Satan separates you from the herd, 
then he can take care of you. Guys, anybody ever watch Wild Discovery growing up? I'm the only one, okay? Two people, great. Okay, it, it was a show, three people. This is a, did y'all love Lion Week when they would get the wildebeest? Okay, so here's the thing. The lions, well, they're playing Satan in this illustration. The wildebeest, you're the wildebeest, sorry. Um, what the lions will do is they will find the wildebeest that's weak and they'll separate them from the herd. Why do they separate them from the herd? Because they're easy to kill when there's no one else around. Satan does the same thing to you. When he can separate you from the body, no one's there to protect you, and he can take you out. So don't believe the deceit of Satan that you don't need this place. Now, you don't need this place for salvation. You need this place to live your life. Shall I preach on that more or go to the next point? Number three. (laughs) I could go all day on that. Number three. If we remain steadfast, we will receive a promise. If we remain steadfast, we'll receive promise. If you want to know about suffering, go read the book of James, and he will punch you in the face over and over and over and say, do you want more? Okay, let me punch you some more. James 1, 12 through 15 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test of time, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Guys, that first two lines in verse 12 is, is where I want you to see. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials. Having stood the test of time, this person will receive the crown of life. Guys, we can get through anything if we know there is a reward. My wife and I, in May, we have been married 10 years. Now, I know you're like, man, get that woman a reward. She deserves every bit she gets, okay? But here's the thing. The lady told me, she goes, I want to go to the beach for anniversary. So what do you think we're doing? We're going to the beach for anniversary, right? And so here's the thing. We've gone through these last two weeks. My wife's at home with with a sick kid again. These last two weeks, someone in our family has either had strep or flu. The only one that hasn't got sick is me. So if you could pray against the devil, I don't want any of that mess in my life, okay? I got too much to do. But here's the thing. You can get through anything if you know the beach is coming. Amen? (laughs) Right? I know that, that in a few weeks... In the end of May, my wife and I will get on an airplane, we'll go to another country, no one could contact me, and I'll get to sit on the beach in my Speedo and have a good time. <laughs> Is there something funny in that? I don't, I don't see any humor in that. What's, what's, what's wrong? Yeah, nobody knows me, and they won't come talk to me, that's why. <laughs> And so what I'm saying to you is you have a reward that's far greater than any beach, any vacation that is to come. So anything you face is okay because you have a promise coming. Now, if you're with me, if you've been with us any significant amount of time, you were here a Sunday, and I thought about rolling this out again, but I don't like to repeat myself, but one Sunday I stretched a rope from the back to the front, and we had a little red piece 
on the end of the rope. And I said, I want you to envision that this rope wrapped around the world as many times as you can think. The red portion on this rope that is this long represents your life here on earth. The rest of the rope represents eternity. Guys, we don't realize how short our life here is on earth based on eternity. So guys, I'm here to tell you that reward, the reward that we have coming is far greater than anything we can experience on this earth. I'm here to tell you, think of the best possible experience you've ever had on this earth and heaven is 10 times better. Probably, I could even argue 100 times better, 1,000 times better. But here's the thing. We have to understand that one day we will have to answer for what goes down here on this earth. When this topic comes up, I, it brings me as a pastor, it brings me to the watered down gospel that we as the church sometimes preach. And I mean church as the whole. We've deduced a relationship with Jesus by walking an aisle and saying a prayer. But a relationship with Jesus is something that changes you absolutely. Now, guys, you know, I've been at youth camp. I've been at youth camp where, where all the girls are down there crying, singing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Anybody? Youth camp? PTSD coming back? Anybody? Tried and true. Mo, can we sing that? Where you at? She in the hall? Somebody get her to say, uh, we want to sing no. sanctuary. No, Okay. <laughs> With Thanksgiving. <laughs> cut the feet, cut it. But here's the thing. Those people that were having this moment at youth camp, they go back to school, what happens? Right back to the way they were. So here's my question. What changed? Nothing. Here's what we have to understand. If we truly want a relationship with Christ, it is something that changes us, not just something we do. The problem is we've deduced salvation to walking the aisle and saying a prayer. Jesus didn't tell us, go therefore and make converts of all nations. He told us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What's the difference between a disciple and a convert? A convert says a prayer. A disciple can actually tell someone else about Jesus. And that's what God wants from us. So guys, my question for you today is, is what fruit is happening in your life? Is your relationship with Jesus something that has changed you? Or is it just something you do? Someone handed me a, a verse of scripture, Proverbs 21, 21. I said it was perfect. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness and honor. When we pursue righteousness, we find life. And guys, sometimes we just reduce God to an experience. And I'm here to tell you, a relationship with God is not an experience. A relationship with God is something that changes your entire life. Guys, I stand before you as a former wanting to be a record producer. But God decided he wanted me to be a pastor instead. But when we follow God... His plans are not always our plans. 
So my question I really want to answer today, because I feel that this is at the heart of the question. Now, I don't know who wrote it, and I'm not calling you out if you did write it. I appreciate the question. Both questions were awesome. But what I'm seeing at the heart of it is, how do we receive the reward? That was one line that was in there. And guys, the only way you receive a reward is if you have a relationship with Christ. The Bible says, narrow is the path that leads to righteousness, but wide is the path that leads to destruction. What is the Bible telling you? It's telling you that the way to God is not easy, but the path to destruction is easy. So what I'm saying to you today is, if you suffer, if you have suffering, what Satan is trying to do is he's trying to knock you off that narrow path to go on the easy path. Because guys, I'm here to tell you, if life is going easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as Noah says, right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, did I say that right? If that's the way it's going for you, I'm here to tell you, maybe Satan is not scared of you. If Satan is not scared of you, he's going to let you lead on that wide path to destruction. He's not going to bug you because he's not worried about knocking you off that road. What Satan is concerned about is knocking you off that narrow path that leads to your reward. Because Satan is facing destruction. He wants as many people to be with him as possible. He doesn't want you to go that narrow path. So the question that you have to answer for yourself today Is a relationship with Jesus something that I do? Or is a relationship with Jesus something that has changed me? Because if it hasn't changed you, then it's not good enough. Welcome to Hope Church. We're really glad you're here today. You know, told him after the first service, I need my hanky to wipe off my sweat so I can hit the pulpit a little more, right? Some people got that. Some will get it at home. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? I've got a statement and two questions to wrap up today. Number one, suffering will be constant, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. I forgot to say my quote, but I can say it right here. It's great. We have to understand that suffering in the short term is worth it for a long-term reward. Suffering in the short term is worth it for a long-term reward. Guys, Our suffering is going to be constant. But God's grace will always be there to cover us during this time. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the more you press into what God has for you, the more Satan is going to come after you. You know, I tell a lot of people that accept Christ. I tell a lot of people that get into church. I tell them, be prepared. You're trying to get right back where God wants you to do. It's going to get hard. Be ready. If I had a dollar for every person that walked in the door and said, Pastor, I'm going to be here next Sunday. And then they didn't come back. I would be a millionaire. But here's the thing. I know what's happening there. Satan's going to do everything that he can to knock him off this new path. You make a new commitment to Christ, you lose your job. You make a new commitment to Christ, your whole family gets the flu. It happens. But here's the thing. Will you be steadfast? Will you be there? And here's the thing. God's there no matter how much you suffer. Second question, or the, sec- the first question, second statement. Do you need the Lord to meet your need today? 
Guys, at the heart of this question is suffering. Here's the good thing. We will suffer. Here's the even better thing. We are here to suffer with each other. I know that you coming to this church, you suffer because I'm your pastor. Ha <laughs> ha, joke. <laughs> right, Mo? Lord, prepare me. Okay. Hey, you say you sang, you sang the song. The I don't even remember the song now. <laughs> yeah, heart of worship. You took me right back to youth camp. It's your fault. Um, and so, guys, you will suffer. But here's the thing: we are here today to pray for one another. The Lord can meet your need right where you are today, and He's going to. And so, in a moment, I'm going to have some prayer people up here at the front and the back. We would love to encourage you today because there's nothing that you're going through that God cannot conquer you know like we said in number one his grace is sufficient his grace is sufficient for everything that you're going to face he can handle it so my last question for you today is this do you need to come home today do you need to come home now this is a two-fold question number one Do you need to come home? Does this need to be your church while you stay? Because I'm here to tell you guys, you cannot walk the path that God is asking you to do. You cannot walk the narrow path that leads to your reward. You can't do it without a strong church to stand with you. You can't do it. It's not possible. We cannot, we are not designed to do this alone. And the second part of this question is, have you made a true relationship with God. You know, when I met Crystal, our first date, I didn't go pop down to one knee and go, will you marry me? She probably would have said no, you know, regardless of how good looking I was then. I was about 40 pounds heavier, so I don't know why she said yes anyway, but oh, you don't have to feel bad for me. That's why I go to the gym, got to keep her interested, right? And so, Guys, we have to understand that a relationship with God is progressive. Some of you are here today have never heard of anything that I'm talking about. And you're at a point where you just want to go a little bit deeper. Some of you are here today, you've been here a long time. But you've never taken that step to say, okay, God, it's me and you forever. And some of you have made that step where you're like, you know what? I want Jesus in my life, but you haven't taken it further to walk in discipleship. Guys, I'm here to tell you, we've got something for wherever you are. You know, we we try to make it as easy as possible. During the 9 a.m. service, Pastor Justin, he's not here today. He's at Mardi Gras sharing the gospel. Got in trouble because I didn't tell him that he was at Mardi Gras sharing the gospel first service. So he's, he's there saving the whole world at Mardi Gras. He leads our grow class, or it's a growth track. It used to be called grow, now it's growth track. It's a four-week class that goes on during the 9 a.m. service that helps you, talks you all about what walking with God is all about. Pastor Ethan, Pastor Grant are going to start a, a discipleship class, second service. I don't know when they're going to start it, so bug them and ask them. And they're going to do it during second service to kind of walk you through what being a disciple is all about. So we've got something for you if you don't know how to do it. If you don't don't have time on Sunday mornings, the Wednesday night groups are perfect for discipleship. Because guys, you can't learn on your own. You didn't go to school 
and suddenly you knew how to do mathematics. You had to have someone teach you how to do it. And so that's what we're here for. And guys, but most of all, I want to say some of you are here today and you've just played the game of church. You just come because you know it's what you're supposed to do, but you actually haven't gone, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. So my question for you today is twofold. Are you, one, do you need to go deeper in what God has for you? Or two, do you need to make the first step in walking with God today? In a moment, I'm going to have our prayer team down here at the front and the back. In fact, guys, go ahead and get in place so they know where you are. And they're going, they'd love to talk to you. No one is looking at you. No one is judging you. In fact, if you're coming down here, we're rejoicing. And I've seen oftentimes when people start to come, more people come because now they feel confidence that they're not the only one. But guys, if you have not begun that relationship with Jesus, God wants to do that today. He doesn't want you to just stay on that wide path that's easy. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy once you accept Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make, but it'll also be the hardest. But his grace is sufficient. He will be there to provide for you. So where do you find yourself today? Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. We just thank you that even in the midst of our suffering, you are there. Lord, I just pray today as we go into this time, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts wherever we are. Lord, I know that there's people here today that have had a relationship with you but need to go a little deeper. Lord, I also know there's people here today that may have felt like they've walked with God their whole life but really have never begun. So, Lord, I pray for those today that that need to be free from the fact of what people are going to think about them and that they would truly take the step of accepting you into their life today. Lord, this is the greatest decision that anyone could ever make. And Lord, I pray that today would be a day of salvation. Lord, I feel that there are people in this place that today is their day of salvation. They need to quit making excuses. They need to quit making up reasons why now is not the time. And they need to truly walk in what you've called them to do. So, Lord, I pray that people would respond to your calling during this time. In Jesus' name.